0: My biggest complaint, and cannot believe I'm saying this, is agreeing with Mr. Bob that the Misfits did not cheer enough over Carney, in my opinion. <laughs> there was way too much quiet in that building at times. Tech Hockey Guide presents the
1: Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and
2: the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender.
3: Welcome to episode 39 of season 5 of the Chasing McNaughton podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom.
4: Hey, everyone.
3: Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender.
1: You already know who it Mr. is.
3: This week, as we head into the bye week before the final four games of the Huskies CCHA season, regular season, I guess, we brought in our beat writer, Jonathan Zamatis, to get his thoughts on the season thus far. Thanks
0: for joining us, Jay Z. Hi, glad to be here. Just glad I could beat Matt to using a real microphone.
1: Yeah, that one's still in, that one's still a work in progress. There's still a component that needs to go into my mic stand, and then I need to buy a dongle for the whatever. We're getting there. I'm sorry we're getting another week of me not being a professional but yeah
3: we're probably still gonna take next week off Uh, this week we'll probably discuss the Winter Carnival Series status of the Huskies and the CCHA preview the trip to Bowling Green um, and then we'll see if anything interesting happens that it's worth recording next week but I'm guessing we'll take the week off so Matt's got two weeks to figure out his microphone situation and we can mail him something from here. Uh, anything else, guys?
1: No, sounds good. Oh,
3: we have to talk about the happenings of the Ottawa-Toronto game because Matt has opinions, and so do I.
2: Um should probably Google what happened. Real oh, quick, boy, ben. that's a teaser right I'll there. I'll
1: send it to you real quick. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's a fun situation to talk about just in general.
2: <laughs> well, I'll just watch it in live it when we get to it. Oh, uh, yes. Cross check okay. to the throat fun. That's a fucking spoiler. Oops, bad words, but...
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah we gotta, let's we put gotta... the explicit tag on like five minutes into the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's what we like. Well,
4: I and think we you put got it on quicker last week in your rant. It's... What's that? Yeah, I, I think Matt had it a little quicker in last week with the explicit tag with his okay. rant. And
3: uh, we got to talk about Stonehill. Yeah, and yes, I'm
4: yes, sure the hell we, we do. Don't need, no, we don't need <laughs> <about laughs> Stonehill. Yes, we Hill. do, baby. And,
3: and then we'll I probably uh, burn some Patreon content <laughs> talking about Dustin's trip to Boston. Uh, I think that's it. So, all right. We'll be right back uh, with Jay-Z after a little thank you notes and a brief note from our sponsors.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast,
3: lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Fibkey Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkeydental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E, dental.com.
3: Are you in the market for insurance? Have your rates for home, auto, boat, or more been increasing way beyond inflation? If so, maybe it's time you spoke with Aaron Pietula and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group, serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, indiana ohio and more who better to serve you than a former michigan tech player for more information call 866-511-1069 or go to arcadiaagency.com all right welcome back jay-z uh huskies had winter carnival this weekend what were your thoughts on the team this weekend with all the injuries and and everything
0: um I don't know. It's it's really hard to put to words. Um, I will say Friday our systems were a lot better than they were against Northern. Um, if you paid attention to the post game interviews, especially with the players, apparently over the week uh, Tech did change their uh, back checking and their neutral zone coverage for that weekend, and they were able to execute much much better in Game One where Game Two they had a sloppy period and basically they played five out of six periods well. And that's your result is a split.
3: So how did yeah. the how did things change this weekend for them?
0: So that neutral zone is they were basically backing up the defenseman more. So if I don't know. This is a, a, my uneducated hockey knowledge. Basically, those centers were dropping further back and dropping back and covering the defenseman in the center of the ice more frequently, preventing our defense from getting split more or less. And so, if you if you were to watch uh, replays of it, you'd see people like Campbell or Chase, uh, basically pinch and drop down, and immediately you'd see like Logan or uh, Max or whoever's in the center position fall back immediately to cover it. Whereas before, um, they would either be lackadaisical about it or they would have no coverage whatsoever, and everybody would be down towards the net. For example, um, additionally during faceoffs, at least um, Tech basically killed mankato in game two for face-offs um we were seeing players actually play for possession instead of position which is much better because um in game one against northern for example that first goal was given up because petterson dropped towards the net when he was right there on the outside dot instead of going back for the draw and so it's little things like that where positioning was a lot better and so basically if the forwards play better, the defense can play better. And then Blake doesn't need to bail us out every time because the shots he hears, the shots he's seen is are not as bad. Basically it's more controlled controlling the, the, the plausible damage more or less.
1: I would say this weekend's effort, um, especially Friday. I mean, obviously I was just impressed with how the team played. It seemed like, I don't know if me bad mouth if they heard me at all if they listen to this <laughs> but if they heard me bad mouthing and then they stuck that on the bulletin board I will dunk on this team every week for the rest of my life if they'll keep giving me an effort like they did on Friday I was really impressed with that especially given the uh, the injury bug that's been coming through the team we're not necessarily playing with the players that we. Perceived to be our top guys, but we've seen it happen where sometimes that can be a good thing. It like to fire underneath some guy who doesn't usually crack the lineup. Sometimes they're the spark plug and ends up being a good thing. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch Saturday because I was on vacation, but I kept getting the uh, the updates. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm thrilled with a split with Mankato at that this juncture of the team um, where Mankato is um, and just. You know, like I said last weekend on the podcast, I was expecting to get swept. I wasn't expecting it to be particularly close. I was expecting, like, like, 3-1, 4-2 losses both nights. But, like, the way they came out on Friday and really set the tone right away was really nice to see, given how we've seen this team play this year. To see them go in there, they they kind of understand how we're talking about them and, like, where they are in the season – and they go out there, and then the first three minutes, pot a goal against Mankato, and really feel like they controlled the game from there was awesome. I mean, fifty six Manka-
3: seconds, man, fifty six seconds.
1: I, yeah, I remembered it was quick. I didn't remember the exact timing, but that's yeah, all the more impressive.
0: I yeah. mean, Mankato isn't as big as a wagon everybody kind of thinks they are right now. If you look at their just, if you go and look at their stats and compare them just team to team. Tech was pretty pretty well lined up with them. The only team that's really a wagon right now is St. Thomas who got swept by Augustana.
3: Well, and to yeah, be I, fair to Augustana, they're playing like two defensemen at forward
0: because yes. they're so limited in roster right now. Correct. Yeah. Mankato is not as impressive as they have been.
1: Yeah, and I don't think anyone's alleging any team in the CCHA is truly a wagon this year. I mean, we all know where we are in the national picture, but we also have to remember that even though Mankato doesn't have their coach, they still have kind of asserted themselves as kind of like a big brother. And anytime you get to beat up on a big brother, it's nice. Even if we didn't necessarily beat up on them, being able to take a game from them and being able to win the feel good weird shootout after a loss is kind of cool. And for those of you that watched on Saturday, like just. Help me understand what that viewing experience was like, because I saw that and I was like, "Wait a minute! I think this means that like total goals for the carnival series is over." So are they going to like a shootout? And then I heard that there was just like a weird endless shootout after a loss, and I just I don't know if I could like process what it would be like to watch that. So one of you guys like describe that for me.
3: So they only went wins. four wrong rounds, right? Four,
0: five, five, five. Five. So Mankato won, and then basically. Nobody got off the ice to shake hands, and they basically just prep the ice like a normal shootout would. That, that's basically it, um, to my understanding, and from talking with Cal a bit after the game, this shootout rule has always been the case for Winter Carnival. Yeah, um, for as far as they know, and he talked to who was uh, Dirk's predecessor, Bob Olson. Was I think it was? Is he still alive? No, no. no okay. He probably talked to Paul Kurtu, who's like the Michigan Tech historian. Yeah, he talked to somebody and he said that in all of his time of covering tech hockey, this has never happened in terms mm-hmm. of being tied and having the goal differential be the same.
4: So yeah, that's, this, that this is, this is pretty surprising, time. I I think. So like, yeah, yeah. as we long was, as it's been going on, there's never been a tie.
0: This is, again, back of the room off the top of their head. But yeah, as far as yep. as far as anybody's aware, this is the first time this has happened.
1: That's kind of neat. Just uh, like. I suppose it's historic in that way. And it's just, you see, we got to see the weird, like what happens if you lose and the total goals are tied. That's it's just, it's just such a wacky situation that I think well, is And beyond of...
3: that, the team photo and the photo of Jed with the <laughs> are like, like Jed's face is priceless. But, yes. but, but you realize, you understand it a little better when you know the facts of like, they just lost a hockey game, had to go through a, Stupid uh, a shootout. semi-meaningless shootout just to decide who gets to have this trophy, which really only Michigan Tech truly cares about. Uh, the,
0: the institution, not the players.
3: <laughs> yeah, the right. The institution and the fans want, like, yeah. But from the perspective of, like, because remember how much heat there was that one year for, was it? Guazdecki pulled his goalie. Yeah, Guazdecki pulled a his goalie and made and a point. screwed like up total three goals, or right? four. Yeah,
2: I think it was three or four empty net goals because he just said again, basically, again. Yeah. He was and he basically so angry. got
3: roasted. and,
2: and Yeah, he yeah. apologized for it actually in the post game, if I remember correctly.
0: Joe specifically talked about this in the post game as well. He The discussion with the players has already had saying that if they were behind, they were pulling the goalie. It didn't matter what the circumstances were, they were pulling the goalie to try to win the game. Yeah, um, sure. Beforehand, uh, this happened a couple of years ago. Tech was like eighth in the pairwise and Joe didn't pull the goalie while being down to try to win the game because of the pairwise implications of of uh, of winning or losing. Um well, with regards to that.
3: Yeah, I think we tried. We didn't. Was it try? We didn't try to win in a tie game.
0: Yeah, something like that. And it was yeah. strictly due to pairwise implications. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I want and to give so, a shout
1: out to Jed for having a great weekend. Sorry for cutting you off, there, Zemets. But basically, by the point of me, and also uh, I've known Jonathan for years. So as you guys know him as Jay Z. I know him as Zemets. But um, anyway, uh, big shout out to Jed. And if any of the current Misfits kids are watching this, I want a picture of Jed on Jesus. I think that is. <laughs> I think that is apt. <laughs> That's the whole point of my interjection here.
0: But I try. I, I tried to bribe Daver to add one of the Jed memes to the paper. He did not take my bribe. You know <laughs> what? I appreciate
1: you putting it out there. Please yeah. clap, Jed, is probably my favorite one.
0: I
3: think, I think my two favorite things about this weekend, or three, I guess, is Michigan Tech scoring quickly, <clears throat> Michigan Tech responding almost immediately after Mankato tied the game to retake the lead, which is a complete flip of how this season has gone, where we've given up some really silly quick goals and and then tied it up and then immediately given up a goal the next shift. How many times, right? Like it was nice to see that script flipped in the first game, and then uh, <clears throat> Saturday night it was nice to see. Uh, where is it here? Wasn't some, didn't something similar happen with I like mean... tying it like tying it back up? yeah like Minnesota State got the lead, then we tied it back up pretty quickly. We didn't let them linger. We had a bad second period, but like the first period we did we 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 did what we haven't done all year, which is respond to a goal with a goal, no matter the score or whatever. We yeah. do need the power play to find some.
0: we did action. we did have some personal growth among players as well. So a lot of our defensemen who were scratched in that game two against Northern all had relatively solid weekends. Um, I mean, Russell still has some growth to do, but he looked miles ahead of where he was against Northern. Additionally, like Williams has started to blossom. Um, Thank the heavens Chase isn't playing 31 minutes a game because he shouldn't have to. So speaking of minutes, Jay-Z, from your
3: perspective, do you think that that Joe leans too heavily on his top guys early in games. Yes, at the very least.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Um, there are like there are three players on my Encato's team. If you anybody who wants to look, I post the the minutes every day and the or every week in the in the Discord. Um, there were three guys on there whose sole job were to kill penalties, and that was it. Like bottom bottom six guys kept killing penalties and just imagining uh looking at this like if you had jack works out there for less two less minutes he might be able to have done something or logan Pietola for two less minutes out there or you know in friday's game that was a cluster when it came to tech penalties so it would have been like 16 minutes less more or less in terms of play time you're giving these guys rested legs and their built in their ability to actually make plays late in the game where you have joe shortening the bench and these guys have already played 20 24 minutes it's like what are you what are you expecting from them at this point yeah. not to mention they're putting their bodies on the line do you really want a logan padilla jack works rylan mosley or isaac gordon blocking a penalty shot right now do you want them breaking a wrist or breaking an ankle if they take the buck the wrong way we're already down what four forwards right now or starters who's the fourth one swankler raymond kyle and uh casca perty
3: what's wrong with raymond that's uh, one i guess i didn't know about
0: I don't know. Um, I don't know what's wrong with Raymond or Max. Um, Swangler's a knee, Kyle's an ankle, presumably. Huh. Yep. Um, and then Gets is out right now with injury as well, so he has not been scratched. He's been injured. But the the right. fact of the matter is, is these are your top guys. Yes, they should learn how to kill penalties for defense. I I agree with that sentiment. But there is no reason that they are the only guys killing the penalties. It's just game management.
3: Yep. No, I I, it does feel like Joe. Especially, especially in a season here where the team is struggling as much as it is. I get that he wants to, like, get some results, and he's leaning on his experienced guys heavily. But, like, he, he, I, I asked Augie to do, do a query on this, and we haven't gotten the results yet. But it definitely seems like Joe's teams have more players that don't get 10 minutes that dress than anybody else. And it's just, like... It just doesn't closest. make sense to me that you have guy like I get that Bezic had a bad shift and he's not experienced in the one game he played. So he doesn't he might not play again after he
0: gave up a goal. But, an but and that's a goal of 80 percent. though, like for his one one minute shift in the advanced stance. So it's like, yeah, no, I, but he's the seventh
3: defenseman, too. So it's not like you're hampering your team by doing that. And that's fine if that's what you want to do with the seventh, the extra skater one night. But it just, like, I don't understand why the fourth line gets so few minutes when so often, like in St. Thomas, it felt like the fourth line was the only one sparking anything, yet they didn't play a ton. And I just don't understand why he doesn't roll four lines more and coming out of the commercial break double shift kind of thing because there's a built-in break there
0: the reason yeah. they were sparking is because they had rest like yeah. that's that's the whole point like you're throwing these guys out shortening the bench at the end of the game and they're they're gassed already like wh- or not, not maybe not 100% gassed, but they're they're playing with like a quarter tank left like wh- what do you what are you expecting out of them i guess is is especially when they're, he's think. already playing them more
3: in the first two periods than a lot of other teams play their top guys
0: yeah, yeah. but yeah as, as as far as game management that needs to be fixed but as a defensive effort, the structure was a lot better. Um, I don't think I could count one time that Casper was actually beating a foot race this weekend, which is a miracle because it's usually four to five a game previously. <laughs> so props to him. Big props to Pedersen as well, being forced to play defense. And then bumper on the bumper on the power play. We actually uh, got some questions. There was a Tampa Bay scout and he was asking about all this is like, is he a defenseman? Cause I saw him playing on the power play and, uh, we had to explain to him that he was kind of thrusted into that role on short yeah. notice. Yep. Yeah,
3: cause, cause they didn't have enough D and one yeah, another right shot and all that stuff. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it, and, it, and, it... and there's not much, there's nothing wrong with Joe trying to create a new, uh, lie right? Like having that guy that can cover different spots when needed uh, and then still be like the the guy that's blocking the goalie on the on one of the power plays, right? Like it's uh, I don't know, it's good. I think, and I think that was on the show today that Joe talked to them about that a little. Or uh, uh, Dirk asked, I think it was Jordy that was on the show today, if I remember correctly. Um, they talked about that a little bit, and and he said, yeah, we'll probably keep letting him or having him practice at D, you know, like one day a week or whatever to keep it fresh and keep working on it and kind of let him be like a pivot man to fill a role if needed. You know, if, if some D man goes down and they're missing a right shot kind of thing. And, and Nick Williams is the guy that's hurt kind of thing that maybe they can shift him over. Cause Nick, Nick Williams can pivot between left and right pretty easy, but
0: yeah, the, the biggest thing Pedersen has going for him is unlike his counterpart in Arvid, he actually uses his size and actually checks Arvid's more of a kind of a skilled player in terms of trying to get the puck around people without using his 6'3 frame, and that's just the type of game that he has. But, well, Marcus is more in your face and will put you into the boards to get the puck from you.
1: So, Tim, you briefly mentioned Nick Williams there. I just want to quick uh, talk about the pass that he had the goal on the goal uh, Logan had on Friday. That is one of the sickest dishes I have seen at the collegiate level in a good amount of time. And if he is not in the lineup for another game this year, I am going to be yelling about it because that was awesome. Because <laughs> the goal in and of itself was cool, but all Logan had to do was be in the right spot and put a stick there. That yeah, dish that, was that's unreal.
2: A, that's an I could have scored it style of goal for Logan there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean we don't need to go back to Augie's first article and look at Patrick Stefan and know that it's not not every goal is a gimme but it's yeah he like served that up on an absolute silver platter and I it was a very fun goal to watch
2: Yeah that was the both the game the goals uh were were that way where they were decent puck moving goals rather than hard ice goals right
1: If I'm remembering correctly I believe so
3: Yeah I think so Anything else you wanted to say Rob No Dustin, you wanted to say something about Saturday night before I ask a Patreon-only question to Jay-Z. Nice little teaser for people that are going to pay. You don't remember what you wanted to talk about about Saturday, Dustin? Your outrage?
4: My outrage? Oh, yeah. yeah. I am a little bit upset. It's not Saturday night. Um, It's all weekend. Yeah. Uh, I just just said, traditions matter. Why are we not wearing golds on Winter Carnival? (laughs) This is the problem.
1: I mean... I understand what you're saying, and I think I've thought that the whites were ugly as sin since the day we saw that they were coming
4: it, out. It has nothing to do with if they're ugly or not. It's Winter Carnival. You wear golds on Winter Carnival.
0: The only excuse I can I can fathom is that they're switching jerseys right now, and they don't have the golds on hand. That's the only thing I could guess. Um, whether it be a different uh, maker or a different style for a gold remake. That would be the only thing I could think of because we've had right. those mid mid year refreshes before with like the blacks. They, they but it's not they, that it, they better they,
4: literally not have enough jerseys to fill out a team if they're not going to wear goals. <laughs> <Yeah. 'Cause
3: laughs> even when we had the black refresh, we wore blacks before that. It's yeah. not like they get rid of the old ones; they just don't have the new ones yet. I'm, I'm just I'm grasping at straws. COVID, but yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, my biggest complaint and. Cannot believe I'm saying this, is agreeing with Mr. Bob that the Misfits did not cheer enough over Carney, in my opinion. <laughs> there was way too much quiet in that building at times. I
3: remember I remember wanting to text at one point. I forget when it was. It must have been early in the third period before the Pedersen goal to get back uh, within one. And I, I, me- I remember thinking, like, this is the time you guys need to cheer and will them into a goal. You know what I like, and that's always a tough thing to, to do and, and keep that energy when you had a second period, like they did not that it was, you know, obviously they lost the scoreboard, but it's not like they lost, you know, the rest of that period. Otherwise, um, you know, they had two power play chances that they didn't finish. Um, just a frustrating period all around, and I get maybe why it was hard. But, you know, sometimes that's what the students need to be there for, is to, like, keep cheering and being loud and obnoxious to, like, remind the players <laughs> why they're out there and try and get them energized into uh, into doing something positive.
4: I mean, I, I always remember by the time Saturday game of Winter Carnival came around, I mean, I was nursing like a three-day hangover so it was pretty (laughs) bad
1: yeah yeah i hear you with tradition and you know like to to go back to what i was trying to say i've always kind of hated the new white jersey i think it's dumb but the team has seemed to play well every time they wear it and the quickest way for me to get over the fact that i think a jersey is ugly as sin is if you win games in it i'll get over that pretty quick this is any jersey can look good if you're getting dubs in it
0: all that to the pwhl toronto team well i mean
1: every single pwhl team has bad jerseys right now
0: montreal's are fantastic
1: they've got no i what i would tell you is there are teams with cool color schemes there is no team with good uniforms right now
3: okay because they don't have logos and all that yes
1: exactly i would tell you especially like uh Minnesota, Ottawa, and Boston, I hope they all keep their color schemes when they go and make actual logos and team nicknames and all that, but not a huge fan of the, but overall, that league is having some good success so far, and I've enjoyed watching it, so I'll get over it.
2: Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A net. We fund everything at Tech Hockey Guide from listeners
3: like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Guide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access or commercial free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. So Dustin, when you said uh, wearing the golds, do you expect them both nights? I do, yes. Okay, well we haven't it... worn them both nights as, uh, at least the last two years.
4: In Carnival? Yeah.
3: They've worn they gold wore... one night, but not both nights
0: usually cream and golds for home games.
4: Yeah. But the, I mean I don't they,
0: understand why we need they, white jerseys to begin with. Why why can't cream just count as white jerseys?
3: It does, but they we just have always had whites and it's hard to get rid of them. I That's why I've always yeah. said that when the whites when they replace the whites, I always said they should have made like a sink it dark jersey because we don't need three home jerseys and one away jersey. That uh, that one away jersey is getting beaten to a pulp, getting That's worn good point. Like four times as much as the other ones.
4: But, I mean, part of the problem is they wear the gold jerseys more often than they used to. When when, yep, when we it were used in to school, only be
3: like Gli and Carnival, Gli was about it.
4: Northern Carnival—that's the only time you saw the golds.
1: So I'm going to yeah. give you an off the wall thing that I would like to see. Um, it's a rule in the AHL that for half the season, you wear your darks at home. And for the other half, you wear your lights at home. And I'm not sure exactly what that split is, but I think that would be kind of a fun thing to do. Like, okay, on this date, we're flipping, which one is the home color. And that could maybe spark interest in being a little bit more creative with what our white ends up being. I don't know. Or don't specify.
4: Just let the home team decide if they want to wear their darks at home. The home team can decide to wear their darks at home just well, make, just it gotta like make sure they know so
3: they're not they don't just, have to wear the yeah tell them ahead you know.
4: of time obviously there needs to be like a email sent
3: so nobody <laughs> has to wear fox motors jerseys
1: right the, yeah you don't want to have like a team showing up and they only brought darks and you plan on wearing dark that night or something
0: well i mean i don't even think dark on dark's that big of an issue if it's like like for example we play Cato or the Sioux, black versus purple or black versus blue is that a problem
1: yeah unless you're colorblind yeah, black and I, what I'm thinking is more like gold versus purple or gold versus blue would be kind of neat. But I, because I think, especially if you have a lower resolution television, as some people still do, the the purple yeah. versus a black or the blue versus a black could get I mean, tough.
0: There's only like two schools I can think of that we would have jersey issues with, maybe, and that'd be like Providence and uh, Linenwood with their blacks. Alaska's got blues. Yeah, but like in terms of like actually having an issue differentiating players on the ice to a degree oh sure yeah because linenwood has a like a dark brownish color that's pretty close to black and then providence is black and white so yeah. so, so in john, 2019
3: I'm... dustin they did not wear golds either night oh weird
1: but um so john it to go a little bit of a right. different direction with you um oh no so no no no, no it's, it's it's it'll be fine <laughs> trust me um So a lot of us know you as, like, our boots-on-the-ground reporter for Tech Hockey Guide, and you come out with the previews every week, and I think you do a great job with that. So I think it would be cool if you broke down what an average game day looks like for you when you are in the box on behalf of Tech Hockey Guide.
0: Oh, geez. Okay. Um, Like, do you want the whole week rundown for the previews, too, or
1: Um, just just give me Just give me a game day, and then if you find it (laughs) – easier to parlay into how that uh, goes into your writing process for the previews and feel free.
0: So for the previews, for those who don't know, I usually get them in Wednesday night or Thursday to Matt's dismay, sadly, sometimes <laughs> or whoever wants to edit it, whether it be a uh, Nick or Sean sometimes too, but on the game day, uh, let's see here. I wake up, go to work like normal. <laughs> um, I work at a local engineering company. Uh, we do engine telemetry, so that's fun. I do R and D for them. Um, and then basically come around 5 p.m. on on Fridays, what is that? A seven seven o'clock puck drop. I'm usually out the door to go to the SDC by I forty-five-ish at the earliest. I go to the Husky Club parking show my little fancy press pass. They let me in for free, so I don't have to pay for parking. Um, that's my little secret. Please don't take it away from me, Cal. Um, um and <laughs> And uh, then I usually walk in and then I cut the line uh, to people's (laughs) dismay. Um, Sometimes I see Bob. He doesn't still recognize me half the time, so it's fine. Um, And then I usually walk over to the Misfits and kind of talk shop with them for a bit. Usually they have a lineup and then I look and then I'm like, oh, God, what's happening now? Kind of a thing. That was especially for Northern Game 2 because I was not able to watch Game 1 because I was driving. Back from Minnesota, but I usually talk shop with them and then I'll go up to the press box, um, grab the lineups, talk to the uh, guys who actually do the stats for us. So these would be techs in stat people. It's a group. It's a great group of uh, undergrads that they have hired up there to do all the stat stuff, which is really nice. And then I go over by the pep band and I s- sit down, moderate the Tech Hockey Guide Discord, make sure it's nice and sad for everybody enjoying it. <laughs> make sure there's usually no happiness.
1: You usually don't have to do too much heavy lifting on your own. I feel like a lot of our regulars can can do that plenty well on their own.
0: <laughs> yeah, I usually no, also. Sh-
2: Jay Z leads the ref suck chant, though. I mean, that's that's <laughs> Jay Z's main role is the refs. Horrible, the sure refs speaking of horrible, that, I believe I'm the only person
0: whatever. in the CCHA with a ref spreadsheet for calls. <laughs> <laughs> I have to update it, but it's uh, I have it updated up until maybe pre Northern Series. So I have to do some more updating. Um, I think
2: it it that that still has the same problem though. The methodology has the issue of, you know, when we we're talking on, I think it was Saturday night's game where the talk got in there pretty good was that there simply wasn't stuff to call the other way.
0: I again respectfully disagree. Tech did. No,
2: you're you're wrong. Tech,
0: Tech deserved all <laughs> the penalties they got. I don't disagree with that. But
1: you cannot tell me that Mankato wasn't committing them at like an equal rate and weren't correct. getting called. Mankato that was, was my not
0: playing with like yes. the Pope on their shoulder looking over. And yeah, that was my angels. frustration
1: with a lot of the calls as well, because I feel, and I've played in games like this, where what's getting called on the team that I am playing for or cheering for in that time are more or less fair, and I agree with them, even if there are a few of them that I might argue are a little bit more like letter of the law, ticky-tack kind of stuff, yeah. but it's frustrating when you're not committing them at any greater of a rate than the other team but it seems to go unnoticed when they do
2: it that's the problem though i i think if you objectively watch that game as a third party we are committing them at a rate greater than the other team we are getting penalized more because we are the team doing more but do you really think
3: it was seven to two
2: yeah i do in that game if i go back and watch it i hit in the
0: head next to the bench there were a couple of things got hit in the kidneys uh, the other thing got you gotta remember too, Jay Z, is
2: is when we're watching on the feed, we get the zoomed in camera view half the time instead of the in person full ice view. I mean, get I could inter- only I, see- I said this
0: in the in the Discord yeah. chat: get better internet, get that fiber optic nerve. Come on,
2: what what's the difference <laughs> between a zoomed in shot from the director of the play compared yeah. to seeing the no, whole thing I, from up in
0: the press box? Right, I understand that, but there I were some egregious misses. Yeah, there were of, a couple of them for sure, but in terms yeah. of that stuff. Um, anyways. Uh, usually first period happens or lineups happen, national anthem, all that fun stuff. I'm sitting up there. Uh players from both teams file in and uh usually the away teams to my right, home teams to my left. Um, so for example, all of this weekend I sat next to Kyle Kukin, and for example, he was just the guy in the chair next to me. Um, and so every in between every period, first period, they kind of feed everybody up in the press box so you get some free food. Um but I'm usually getting the uh, official NCAA page breakdowns in between periods, looking through the stats like that. It has the shot maps and everything. It's pretty rudimentary because you can't like an stat go highlight, see who shot it or if it was blocked or not, really. And then uh, at the end of the game, we basically wait for paper for all those against stats. And then we make our way down to the to locker room or the adjacent whatever that add ons called. I forgot that hockey center add-on.
2: Uh, is it the Gr- Peter J Grant I believe, or something like that? Right?
0: Yeah, where we take interviews and in, over there to the right of the locker room.
2: Sure. Yeah, like the little uh, like
0: atrium or whatever atrium area.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it's education Peter education center. Peter J. Peter J Grant Hockey
0: Education Center. Yeah. Yeah. And so they have uh, a vinyl wrap on the wall. Cal gets this. Cal's the one filming, and it's usually me and Dave are from the Gazette. If it's a bigger game like Carney, uh, I know sometimes. We'll get TV six or TV three or whatever. Um, Tech Northern games are always all all the big TV networks or big quote TV networks um, are there, too, as well, asking questions or or all huddled around them. dave and I asked the questions while we're holding mics for them, for example, that kind of a deal. Um, but going off of that ref stuff, apparently there was a lead league wide ref review after the Mankato series before this weekend or last weekend where Mankato kind of got screwed or something against St. Thomas, I think. And there was a league-wide memo or something sent out about talking about that stuff, and that was like an area of review for whatever reason. So make think of that which you will, if that caused any special treatment towards them or not. I, I couldn't tell you.
3: <laughs> All I know is Hastings got two calls back-to-back weeks that went in his favor that had something to do with goalie interference. Surprise, surprise.
0: Phew. Yeah. <laughs> I just personally just want consistency from refs. I don't care. Either be a consistently good ref or in the case of my favorite ref, a consistently bad ref. That That's it. I, I do agree with Rob. Like, I don't think I watched the game
3: close enough to have an honest opinion about how bad it was. But I do agree with Rob that to to for a ref to do a good job, it doesn't mean penalties have to be five to five.
2: Right. They shouldn't be, honestly, no. in most games. no. The the biggest thing for me with that game is that the penalties we were committing were obvious bad ones. They were ones you can't ignore. You can't let go for a flow purpose, right? There there are calls where when you're refing, if you call everything, the game's not going to go anywhere, right? The game will be ruined if the ref is blowing every infraction. If you go straight by the rule book,
0: it will not be a good hockey game. I, I agree with you there, but I also raise you to this point of, how come refs are allowed to ignore things, but linesmen aren't allowed to ignore uh, ignore icing?
2: Because you have infractions that are against the book. You have infractions that are judgment calls. Icing, for the most part, isn't a judgment call. Icing has a very strict definition of what it's called: a, a hook or a triple. A hook or has a
0: very strict definition. A cross check has a strict definition.
2: They have <laughs> definitions, but how they're how they're done. If you called every cross check in a hockey game, no one would play. It. Absolutely no one would be on the ice.
0: Or players would stop cross-checking well, people. No, Rob, they wouldn't. Rob, Nobody. Would I, be I on do the ice. agree with Jonathan
3: to a point of, I understand what you're saying that like you can't call everything by the book. Well, then to me, kind of the book is wrong. The book should be changed because it is it's, the ref's job to call the book and it's, it's the player's fault for not following the book.
2: No, I will argue that point. It's the ref's job to make sure that the game is played, is fair, and is a good game. Calling it by the letter of the law and exactly what's in the book. If you're playing as a calling it as a ref, you're not going to have a good
0: hockey game. You're yes. not going to have a good game of any type. But that definition of good game changes as well. A good game in the playoffs is different than a good game at the beginning of the season in terms of that's not a that's not a penalty in overtime. Why is that a thing? Yeah,
2: the, the fact that things aren't a penalty in overtime is dumb to me. I'm right with you there. I don't won't okay. argue that. Right. You need to be consistent in the way you're calling the game for sure. You can't let one team do something and the other team not. It has to be consistent between the two teams. But to call the letter of the law in anything, it's the same as you know a, a cop, right? You're not pulling absolutely everybody over that's going 56 miles an hour because that's speeding. It is speeding. It's illegal. You could ticket them for that. Would that work? Would it function as a highway? No, it would suck ass, right? You can't call a game that way. You cannot call a game exactly to the letter of the book it will not be a good hockey game to watch.
3: Okay, so I get what you're saying in that, like, you're saying that every time I hit your stick with my stick, it's not slashing. That is the definition of the slash, though, right? Right, right. You're saying it requires more force than just hitting them. Correct. Look at any
2: board battle. I guarantee you there's at least two to three cross-checks in every single board battle that happens. Okay, Anytime okay. players are on the boards, you should be calling cross checks. How about
0: this? When let's take this as like a measurement. So let's say I'm measuring a cross check. There's a certain amount of error bars associated with that. What I'm proposing is is we narrow the error bars. Well, how
2: do you how do you write that in a rule form? To oh, put that I, I don't know
0: the answer. I'm just saying something needs to
3: change. But how is but but yeah? I I think I, I think all Jonathan's trying to say, Rob, is like. Michigan Tech reviewed for a major penalty, but it was obviously a minor penalty. Correct. And they missed it. Yeah. So how is that? You said Michigan Tech's calls were obvious but they yeah. missed an obvious that's, call on Mankato. You weren't following so it's the not chat. Even.
2: Long. You weren't following the chat well enough because that's one of the points where I conceded to Jonathan. That should
0: have been a 2 minute and they missed it.
2: <laughs> okay. Yes. But for example, but it's um, it wasn't a five.
0: It was direct yeah. to his chest. You, you asked me for on. a direct point and this is probably a good one. You wouldn't have seen this because it was behind the play. Yeah, those um, I can't see. Rylan Mosley in the second period. Got person. a cross check to the kidneys. Sure. Yeah, that I can't and, see. If it's behind right, the play. Right in front of the trailing ref. He looks at him, raises his hands, like, what the heck? Yeah. And then just that's goes... The stuff, goes in that's
2: the stuff I can't see. And believe me, if I could do one change of anything I would want to change about the CCHA, it would be a mandate that High Center is available as an alternate stream somewhere, and I would just watch that, and I could see this wide, awesome, zoomed-out view of the game remotely, and I would be in freaking heaven. Okay. I absolutely hate all the zoom cuts and all this crap. Just mm-hmm. show me the entire zone hand over to the other entire zone. Don't touch your Zoom button once. Perfection for a hockey yeah. broadcast. Much like want...
3: how the, the first Mankato series, we talked about how none of you guys at home could see that Mankato was cherry-picking right. at the end. Yep. When we When we were on the power play at the very end of the game, they were playing like five on three because they were trying to cherry-pick to get, if they could possibly get the puck, they had a chance to tie the game even though they were shorthanded because they basically had one guy just rolling up and down the other blue line, hoping to get a pass on
0: the turnover. Speaking of Mankato and, and stuff like that, I am going to go on a conspiracy theory right now. I'm telling you right now, schools are not submitting their instat data on purpose. So that way other teams <laughs> can't look at it. I'm 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 just going out there right now. Mankato's missing five home games. St. Thomas is missing like three Northern's missing like four.
1: Uh, Zimatis, could you please, I know we've talked about this. I have not gotten a chance to, uh, bug the Instat guy yet. Um, could you please get me a spreadsheet of all of these specific missing games you're hoping to look at so I can go <laughs> to my man, Jose and be like, Hey, well, we would be- really like to look at these for the purpose of competitive analysis and then just make them submit it.
0: No, no, hear, hear me. I magically bug Perry about it and you want to know what shows up Mankato's last home game. <laughs> he talked to Mankato about it, or but at least he asked about it.
3: Yeah, I don't. And that's the thing. And the, and Matt, that's why we do need to earn Jay-Z. That's why we do need to get this list done so that we can keep complaining because we yeah. are paying to have, we are paying a crap ton of money to have all of college hockey. And the simple fact that we are missing like a dozen CCHA conference games is ridiculous. Yeah, so how are we supposed as, to yeah. compare?
1: And I've made it. Uh, I've made it clear to our representative that we are a publication focused on CCHA hockey. So, especially because there's a partnership going on there, and these games should be submitted. Um, these, that's absolutely something you should get to me so I can go in on my guy.
0: Yep. Um. Uh. By the way, if you need some uh backup, uh, Tampa Bay Scouts agree with our point of view that it should be a, in a timely manner because they use Instat as well. <laughs>
3: Well, All right, uh, but look yeah, at how. Well, but here's the amazing thing: Michigan Tech's game haven't been bad since we threatened to basically not use them anymore, right? And basically said, "You need to give us a discount if Michigan Tech
0: is going to continue to be four days after the game, because that's yeah. ridiculous. It's literally yeah. next day now. It is now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've actively talked to the Instat people up in the press box as well and told them how valuable it is to us. So it yeah, could just huge. be them. I,
3: I still did not know.
0: I am still confused about how that works because like well they're not instat no, specifically but they're the the people who take the stats that instat takes from them
3: yeah but the stats in instat don't always line up with the stats in the box score. so if michigan tech's guys are the ones that are making
0: the box score how do they not always line up like i i couldn't tell you i get a shot chart generated after every period yep so but that no
3: that's I know what you're saying. My understanding was it that Instat does more than just put the data from the people at the game. They were actually, like, they're like PFF. They're actually grading the game themselves. I which is you. what I thought. Because why else would we be paying all that money, like, you for know, you somebody who to who just you...
0: data aggregate it? You want to know who right? you need on the pod? Uh, Matt's friend, Jose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would invite Jose on the podcast, but yeah, I but, wouldn't well, want to grill him.
3: Here's the problem with having Jose on the podcast. We have one login
0: for one person. Yeah. you yeah, so use know. it appropriately. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But it's Matt's it account. Matt gets all the data for us and gives it to us. I don't yeah, know what you're I, talking about. And
3: that's and that's why Matt logs in in Houghton, St. Paul, Chicago. He's a busy Grand man. Rapids.
1: Yeah. I haven't yep. logged in in Grand Rapids since probably we re, re-upped. So we just so need
0: to get a VPN and pretend oh, no, we're you all have. in the same place. You have yeah. logged into Grand Rapids. I, I can guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 pretty insane, though, how I, I'm telling you right now, it's just tinfoil tinfoil app. But the schools are purposely not submitting the games, in my opinion. And I, Mankato and Northern specifically are trending for it towards that.
1: Nick, I better read a subheading in this week's liner notes that says tinfoil hat. Uh,
3: are we ready to wrap up? Yes, please. One minute remaining in the podcast. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. Which reminds me, I think we got two new Patreons at the $2 level this week. And I should say their names, especially since we're not going to have an episode next week. We got John Filios and Katrina Cinco, according to her email. Our two new members at our white level, which is $2 a month, Um, which is pretty awesome. They get question priority. That would require them to actually ask questions, but that also kind of requires me to actually call for questions, which I'm not very good at all the time. Basically, everybody above the white level at $5 a month or more gets extra podcast content, whether it's extended versions of video, uh, which we didn't tell him yet, but uh, apparently the video this week will show Jonathan's ass yeah when you walked
1: away to me you uh you showed us a full moon my guy
0: oh shoot did i like oh i didn't try you No, know, no listen we've all been there we're
1: like we're sitting down and your pants just fall down a bit it's just you got up real excitedly bolted and showed us your whole ass I've i missed been... it but it was I've not... been
0: holding in a pee for like two hours <laughs>
1: we have, we've all been there but yeah that was the you had you had rob crying it yeah was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yep so uh oh. and then uh, the
3: highest level we've got that anybody's currently paying for uh you get raw audio of the podcast which i usually publish the night of recording you can submit questions through twitter or facebook or on our patreon page don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on apple google spotify or wherever you get your podcast you can't find the podcast on your site of choice please let us know and we'll make it happen The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach to tell your friends. We were in the top 200 of hockey podcasts for a little bit there in February, or late January, early February. We're back out of the rankings now, but that's okay. If you give us a five-star rating, Dustin will read the review. You leave no matter what it says, so let's get some ratings see what you guys have to say. Uh, Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibkey Dental and Rhinelander Wisconsin, Arcadia Insurance, and Livonia Technical Services finally, thanks to the Thank You Notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com.